Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Between Two Printers. This is a podcast for printers by printers in the garment decorating industry. I'm your host, Luke Ryerkirk from Polyprint USA, and what you can expect in this podcast are going to be interviews by printers and garment industry leaders. You'll hear stories about individuals who were interviewing, lessons they've learned, business information, discussions over marketing, printing tips, and all kinds of other really cool stuff that we uncover in these discussions. Now, in this first episode, we are interviewing Austin Boyd from a live print shop in Las Vegas. This is a really, really cool conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with Austin, mainly because we talked about pretty much everything, whether it is printing, business, marketing, even going really deep into you know hiring your team members and running your company. So buckle up, there's a lot to uncover in this one. Get ready, take some notes. Let's go ahead and start this podcast with Austin Boyd from a live print shop. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we've, we've worked together for a little while and I've always really liked what you're doing, but just to introduce yourself, can you tell me, you know, like a little bit of background? Yeah. Uh, my name is Austin Boyd. I'm the owner of a live print shop. Um, we're based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we started out printing t-shirts April is going to be 13 years ago in my parents' garage when I was 16. So that was, I can't, you know, I hit 30 this year. So I can't believe it's already been that long. Um, we, you know, we part started out just wanting to make a few cool t-shirts and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. And then we kept growing. And then, um, last year I call last year the best worst year ever because we had some of our best expansion, you know, on one hand, everything was going wrong and then everything was going right. So now, um, you know, we're in a 20,000 square foot building. We have about 22 full-time employees. We do uh, screen printing, embroidery, director gar garment, graphic design, all in-house. Um, and we've just built a phenomenal team. So we're doing um, custom t-shirts from anything from um, elementary schools all the way up to um, big Fortune 500s, you know, companies like UFC or Laughing Man Coffee or um, all over the spectrum. So we don't really have a niche. We've just been trying to grow broad and um, kind of have our, you know, kind of do a little bit of everything, but we do focus more mainly on merch. Everything's getting, you know, custom branded, packaged. We're doing barcodes now, um, kind of all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I remember when COVID hit and you and I were talking and things just got crazy, but you guys had already been you had already been planning the the new building, I believe, right? We were supposed to move in February of 2020, and yeah. we ended up moving in October. Oh. So the building the building was already built. I mean, or we were in the building process, and when uh, COVID hit, um, it just shut everything down. It shut the city department yeah. down, and so it shut. Um, you know, we waited eight weeks for Nevada Power to come out and do a two-hour job, but it got bumped out, you know, eight weeks. Yeah. So I had, I had brand new equipment sitting in here on pallets and we just had no power to the building. So that was the fun of, you know, uh, building a, a building from ground up. Yeah. Um, but, but in the end, I mean, I think me and you kind of talked about it. I don't know what happened last year, but everything got a little scary. But once we decided that we were going all in, like we, we got a fire inside of us. Like we got so pumped me and my wife talked and we're like, Hey, we can either completely check out, sit back, you know, and just hold on. But then we said, we have an amazing team that most of them can't do that. They can't, you know, go months without income. I said, instead of that, 
let's just go all in. Like, let's go nuts. You know, we, yeah. I mean, the, the timing was so perfect because we had met you um, into 2019, had purchased yeah. our first DTG printer because we were getting, um, we, we finally actually sat down and did the numbers. We were getting over 100 phone calls a month with people that wanted below minimum orders. So, so there over, was a need. So over 100 phone calls a month with people who were, get, who were trying to order things that were below your screen print minimums, right? Exactly. They were yeah. below 36 pieces. And okay. um, it got to the point where it was like, man, that's a lot of people we're saying no to. That doesn't, that doesn't feel good. Those could be future customers. Those could be referrals. So, so I, so I want to ask some questions about that. Cause this is a huge question we get all the time. And, um, I want to learn more about, you know, kind of why you got started and such, but this is such a big question. And I talk through this all the time with people, but mm -hmm. so you, you tracked a hundred calls a month of jobs that you were turning away because they were below your minimums. Yeah. How did you, did you put a number associated to that? And like, if you did, how did you do that? I mean, to make that decision, because this is a, I, this is a big thing. Like I talk with a lot of screen printers where, mm -hmm. you know, a digital isn't always the answer to be honest, but yeah, it I can agree. be the answer pretty commonly mm -hmm. for this scenario. So mm -hmm. like what, what made you do that? And then what do those numbers look like? Yeah. Well, I mean, that started because we started doing more promotions. We started generating more traffic, you know, social media ads, I mean, all kinds of random stuff. So we're starting to generate more traffic and yeah. then we started saying, man, it, it seems like we're telling customers no a lot, which that's not what we do. We want to solve a problem, but no, yeah. we can't do three shirts. We can't do five. And then I said, let's track this. Let's track this for two months. So October, November, we started tracking and like, it probably was more than a hundred. We just stopped at a hundred. We're like, dude, this is, we're hitting over a hundred people that want one to five shirts. Sometimes they're 29 shirts, you know, they're decent size orders. Um, so I think like four things happened. Once we, you know, we saw the need. Um, and for some reason at the same time, I got connected with you guys because I was just searching. Um, so, mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing which I just can't say enough good things about is you were more interested in our shop instead of sh selling us a machine. Like you nice. asked me all, I mean, you asked me so many questions about that. By the time me and my wife took a vacation to Waco, I'm like, <laughs> Luke lives in Waco. We're going to dinner with him one night. You know what I mean? Like he, he's our yeah. friend now. And so, um, you know, we had dinner with you and your wife and your daughter. And so that was one thing I was like, okay, I know that I don't know. So I want to get in contact with someone that give me more information. So that was the first thing that was huge. And we had to call other shops and some, some people were just not interested in helping. You know what I mean? Well, so I'm like, I'm, I'm not ordering from there. Yeah. And you know, the thing about it too, what's always bugged me because to, to be, again, we we try to be as honest as possible. I mean, we are 1000% honest and mm -hmm. right now with the apparel industry equipment wise, like there's some amazing equipment out there. There's some awesome digital printers or some amazing screen printing, um, you know, like automatics and all kinds of stuff like that. And in the digital world specifically, there's some really, really good technology. The problem keeps coming down to like, people are not asking the questions about the business because it is, it if, is it's a not business. A, yeah. if it's not a fit, you don't need to go down it. What, no matter what printer it is, just don't do it. And that's how exactly. I always have lots of conversations because the other part of it is if it is a fit, then why are you not doing it? Right. Yeah. And well, that's the biggest yeah. thing. I mean, and for you, it was a slam dunk. I mean, it most was people are, most people are not interested in growing. Like that's the problem. Most people yeah. are not interested in growing their business. They're not, um, you know, they're more interested into screen printing as a hobby instead of a business. 
Um, we right. just met with our team today and I said, Hey, our company has one, one goal, generate revenue. If yeah. we don't generate revenue, uh, we don't have things to do. We don't have products to make. We don't have money to imp- pay employees. Like everything comes down to we're a business that generates revenue and then we provide a product and then our, and then we try to exceed expectations on the delivery to that product. Like that's all we do. See, and I that's talk it. with, I talk with business owners all day and the ones who are just like killing it. I think you actually were the one who introduced me to 10 X as well. Oh, heck yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you're super into that. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, pretty, I'm pretty into that. Oh man. Yeah. And, and so the people that I talk to that are killing it, they all say the same thing. You know, they're like, I care about marketing. I care about sales. Our product quality has to be huge, but their focus mm-hmm. on the sales and marketing side is so big. And what I've constantly been telling people and constantly been proving is that printers don't make money printing. Like you don't, no, no. you do not make money printing. Not. You make money selling, you make money marketing. You know, you need to have the right equipment. You need to have the right mm-hmm. team to make sure yes. that those sales can be fulfilled. But mm-hmm. if you don't have sales, you're not printing. So you, and at the same time, printers don't make money printing. I mean, it's just. No, it's no, such a, I, I, I talk to, I mean, I talk to, um, all kinds of, I, I talk to a lot of people that own gyms and CrossFits. There's some guys that own a gym because they want to work out, which is the wrong reason to own it. And there's an other people that own a gym because they want to help customers. They want to help people. They're not even selling the exercise. They're selling people the idea that you can come in here and become a better you. And those guys are killing it, you know, and other people are more interested in, you know, more interested in screen printing than they are running a business, more interested in working out than owning the gym. And they're different things. I mean, I'm rarely, rarely, rarely ever on the press because that's not my goal. My, my responsibility to my team is that they're going to get paid every payroll. You know, like that's my responsibility to my team. My responsibility to the customer is that we're going to provide a product on time that's correct uh, because we're interested in their repeat business, not just their, you know, their business right now. And to do all of those things, we have to sell. I have to sell so we're ge- generating revenue to pay our people. And then you start realizing in order to have good people, good people are not cheap. You know, right. good people, good oh. people are worth, they're worth everything they're paid. And I, even when we do, you know, we do raises, I still like, I still don't feel like my people are getting paid what they're worth. You know, like they're still better than that. We're working on, you know, doing more things to generate more revenue. But back to why we got into it, we, we met you. So we we're having someone that could communicate, um, what is our overall goal? Like you were asking us more questions about the shop than, than about the product. So we said, Hey, we have a need. We've identified it. We tracked it. Um, this is not a whim. We have a need. And then the second thing is, um, our team had to grow. And at the same time, this is happening. Uh, we were bringing on a new designer who worked at, uh, his name's Reggie. He's one of our awesome designers here. He had worked, you know, you know, Reggie. So (laughs) he came back, he came from a, um, a large format printing background. So he had more of a digital background. So, and that's exactly what DTG is. It's like taking, we know t-shirts and he knows digital and he's more familiar with CMYK and file prep and all the things that actually don't, are, you know, you're not doing in screen printing. It's, it's different. And so he jumped in and said, I can do this. Perfect. All we're doing is digitally printing on t-shirts. I can do that. And so, you know, he learned the curve. So we got information about the product. We had someone that was willing to help us. We had someone that was willing to invest time into the, you know, into the machine. And then from there, you know, it was, um, and then COVID hits early 2020 and we end up going from 99.9% of everything we do is on the, on the screen printing press to, Hey, all bulk orders just got canceled. And there's this massive, you know, need for print on demand and everything. 
and we switched. And if we didn't have that tool, oh, I don't think we'd make it out. I mean, here's what we were even doing. We know we make more money screen printing than we do on, on digital printing, but digital printing gets customers in the door. So it's crawl, it's crawl, walk, run. You might not be ready for bulk order, but if I can help you build your brand, your volume's gonna increase, and we're gonna switch over to screen printing once you're ready for volume. But if you're just trying to get, you know, um, jump into starting a brand with like, you know, you don't need a hundred shirts in your garage. What if your design is off and your style is off and you need to dial it in a little bit? That's what doing one shirt at a time can do. So you're getting your product out there, you're doing your photo shoots, you're doing all the stuff you can do. And we're able to produce that full color, you know what I mean? Five minutes of shirt, whatever, you know, less than, even less than that from start to finish. Um, and so we actually went crazy on social media marketing in April after everything shut down because I was convinced that everybody was finally going to get around to starting the passion project. They always wanted to the clothing brand, uh, you know, the whatever. So we promoted that and we spent $6,000 in social media marketing in the first 90 days. And we generated $90,000 in paid sales. What? Hold on, hold on. So you spent $6,000 and that was all like social media marketing and retargeting all, all Instagram, all 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 IG, Instagram. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And you generated 90,000 gross sales. Right. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Paid sales in, in, in 30 days. But here's what we did. We in, initially got connected with three customers that were using other print on demand resources, but it was too impersonal for them. They wanted someone they could know. They wanted someone, you know what I mean? So that's what this tool able, gave us the opportunity to do was compete with the big guys. And then once we sat down with the customers, I mean, one, after I had a meeting with one customer, I literally put a whole script together because we identified so many good things. They came in and they said, Hey, we want five things. And they said, um, we want our product cost to go down. We want our quality to go up. We want packaging and, you know, you know packaging a certain way. We want custom inside neck printed labels. Um, and then they said, we need to be able to ship to our customers faster because some of the print on demand was taking three to four weeks. We looked at that and we said, I said, hey, I can solve all of those problems. You just need to order bulk for screen printing. And they kind of said, oh, we don't really want to do that. I said, if we screen print, we're going to bring your product cost down. We're going to be able to do neck labels. We're going to be able to make your prints bigger. Um, you're going to have to order it bulk, but once you have it and you get an online sale, you can take it and ship it that day, you know, so it's going to get it out faster and it's going to increase your profit margin. And they thought about it and they said, okay, so I got them in the door because of print on demand. We switched to screen printing. And then when they got special needs for a four XL t-shirt or an extra small or, oh crap, we just ran out of stock on this size. We DTG to supplement it. Nice. And it was perfect. So it's not one or the other. It's both. See, thank you. Oh my gosh. Again, like people ask me (laughs) all the time, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw the chair because people people ask me all the time. So, so you, so digital is going to kill screen printing. Like, no, no, of course not. It's not not the same thing. It's, I mean, you know, look, we don't know where technology is going to go. I mean, sure. Down the road, eventually, possibly, probably. It's going to probably be lasers in the future. It probably will be be lasers. Yes. I mean, like, you know, we're going to just have, we're going to have a thing that we push a button and a shirt just gets made in our closet. Magic. You know? I mean, that's what people think happens anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, yeah, people already don't think necessarily that's... know how it works. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, you're so true. You're so right. And we, we talk about this all the time too, where it's not either or it's both because, you know, screen printing has some amazing aspects of it. I come from screen printing, just like you do. Like we, you know, was doing bands, started printing for our bands. And then boom, 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 boom. We got into digital very quickly because of, um, you know, some of the needs of the bands that we were working with. But there are certain aspects with the quantity side that screen printing just isn't a fit for. And it, you don't that make was money doing with it. The, with the one color print. 
throw it on right. the press and run it. Exactly. You know? you know, and then on the same side, DTG has amazing aspects of as low as one offs and then mm -hmm. unlimited Full colors. Color. Yeah. You know, on demand fulfillment. Oh my gosh, that exploded this year. But where it lacks in the quantity side of it, unless you want to buy, you know, a bunch of machines or humongous machines that are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, screen printing is awesome for. So you need to have the answer both. So you, so you basically did your pivot of, you know, we're going to market for the on-demand fulfillment. Then you bring people in the door and you go through their needs and you're able to provide those needs, but you basically upsold them into what they needed to do with, with screen printing. And I say upsell, not in a negative way. It's, it's, it's in the right way you're upselling correctly because it's increasing. If, you, what they if, need. You, if, if someone has the problem with the word sale, they should not be in business. Oh, thank because, you. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, totally completely agree. If someone walks out the door and they sold something, if I, you know, if I laid it out there and they bought more than they should have, mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. I just went yesterday and I bought some symbols for a drum set. Love and it. I was, I, I, I was looking at this one set and they're black and they're cool. And I was like, you know, I really don't need another hi hat, but a matching set just looks better. It just looks, you know, better. and I, I'm talking to the guy, I'm like, you know, I really only came to want to, I want to spend a hundred dollars, but I can't get anything <laughs> for a hundred dollars. And so I ended up walking out for, you know, like $600 worth of new symbols. It was not my intention when I walked in. Yeah. But there's also, this is the phenomenon. A lot of people don't understand if you're gonna spend 400, you might as well spend 600 and get what you really want. That's everything. True. The problem is someone comes in and they go, oh, I want a good shirt. And then you show them, you know, the, the middle shirt for $6 and they go, oh, it's too expensive. And then you show them the, the $5 shirt. You shouldn't do that. This yeah, is our you biggest- You should show them top. You should show them the $8 shirt. Yeah. Because hey, if you're gonna spend $7, you might, and $8 is already like a much nicer shirt you might as well do it. And I've had customers do it. They came in, I initially got them out the door with a, you know, uh, a cheaper and expensive shirt. And they came back and they said, well, it was fine, but I really wanted the tribal and next level t-shirt. And I was like, oh my God, I was doing it wrong. And it comes to the whole phenomenon that if you're going to buy a house for $400,000 and your dream house is 550, you might as well, you know what yeah. I mean? You might as well do it because You'll figure it then out. You're, you're actually going to be satisfied. Right. You, you know what I mean? You're like you're, you're actually, so that's why when, you know, when someone came in, those guys had, they laid out these five things we want to do. And I said, I can do them. But the problem is, and I was even telling them, I'm sorry. I like, I can do those things, but it's not going to fit in this print on demand, digital printing. And then when they thought about it, they're like, well, really, you know, doubling our profit mattered more than anything. So if we can get a shirt out the door for seven bucks instead of a $14 shirt and customers Good. don't wait three weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, they initially approached me with like, yeah, we've got no budget. And then it was like, hey, we're going to place a $4,000 order because we'd rather just stock up and do it. And now these guys are like, they're my best friends. Like not only that, when it was done, they drove down from California because they had nothing to do to come pick up the order. Like they just were pumped. Yeah. And we helped them. We helped them go from, I think they started doing, they were doing three, three, $4,000 a month. By the end of the year, they were doing like 15 to 20 grand a month. And they said the reason was product was getting out faster. See. So customers were receiving it and they were repeating faster. So, and so I, that, sorry, go ahead. Finish that. Oh, oh. And, <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, when we ran out of size on some stuff, so we were probably doing 10% DTG to fulfill it. That way we didn't have to wait weeks, you know, for a new item. So customers mm -hmm. were, it was all about speed. Yeah. And so we both bulked it, got that stuff out. And then, Oh, we ran out of large. Oh, well, let's DTG want to send it out real quick. Let's, you know, let's do a two X or a four X or some sort of special request. And then it just, I mean, they took off. So one of the things you said earlier 
was when you were, you were talking about selling and marketing and how sales is really the most important, you know, aspect. Uh, so I have a question for you on that. Do you, did you, were you always in the mindset? Because as a sidebar, I mean, you are just, I'm learning, I'm learning so much from this conversation already and I, I can't wait to share it, but like you, you're on this really cool level where, you know, you're understanding the fact that as a printer, as a business person, your job is to never say no, but where printers no. today. And like, I've worked with, a, I've worked with a lot of startups who, you know, people who are starting in their garage or in their apartment, whatever it may be, they, they want to say, they want to never say no, but even if they're losing profit. And so like what you've just explained is that you're not saying no, you're saying yes every single time. But when you say yes, you're gaining the trust of that person so that you can then guide them down the correct path. That's for them and for you, for your business, right? You do have to have the customer on the right product. Yeah. We said, we said, we said no for two months before we bought the printer mm -hmm. just to track because no, I mean, we're not trying to sell someone something, something they don't want. Like that's, yeah. that's never going to work because even if you get them sold the first time, they're never coming back and we're not right. interested in one-time customers. That's not what we do. Uh, we would, you know, we're, we're willing to go through the time and figure out the right product or maybe even show them a product that existed. They didn't know about that, you know, that can solve it. But we're never trying to sell someone something they don't want. Right. Um, you know, but so, but uh, no, I, I did this wrong for like six years. Like when we started, I started in uh, 2008, I was 16. I was pulling a squeegee, you know, in my parents' garage. I got this idea that I'd make t-shirts and it'd be so wonderful and everything would be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I got my driver's license. So I, I joined yearbook club and I got a list of every teacher that was over a club. I would come in with like two cups of Starbucks, uh, one for me and one to come bribe a teacher on the list. You know, nice. hey, I brought you caramel frappuccino. Like, you know, this is when Starbucks is a big deal. Like caramel frappuccino is like a $6 drink. I'm saying, hey, I know you do, you know, club shirts for, for a chess club. Can I print them? I'll help you out. And at first they're like, what, you know? And then after I'm like, well, go, I need a referral. Go talk to that teacher down the hall. I just did their shirts. They're happy with it. And so, you know, I start getting the ball rolling. I had no idea how to price things. I was more interested in, in printing as a hobby. And then this turned into a thing. And, you know, I mean, the first six years, I, I don't think I ever had more than $3,000 in my bank account. Mm hmm I mean, I thought it was impossible to get more than five thousand dollars in my bank account. Like, it, I just could never break the five thousand dollar limit, you know, because we build it up, build it up, and then oh, now my cousin's working for me. I got to pay him every, you know, two weeks. Yeah. Oh, I, I I don't own blue ink. I have to order blue ink. You know what I mean? Like just things like yeah. that, getting started issues. And so, I mean, the first six years, I was working my butt off. I was saying yes to everything. Oh, you want me to go deliver it across the town? Yeah, I'm gonna go do that. You know. I'm not going to get paid for it. I'm just going to keep saying yes and, and hope that it's going to work out. And finally, man, this was probably 2014. Um, I go on a vacation with my family. And the only reason I was on the vacation was because my parents paid for it. You know, I'm sitting there. I've got my, my end of the year statement for my, you know, my income statement. I'm looking at it. I work my butt off. I probably put in, you know, at least 50, 60 hours a week, always there on Saturday, always there till 10 o'clock at night. And I had 9% profit to show. Nine, you know, 9%. So if and you made a hundred thousand dollars, you had $9,000 profit, but that's not technically cash in your pocket. No. And I also was, and I was not on payroll. Yeah. You made so nothing. I made, I made, I made like slave wages. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we my call, shop. We call, we call that like whenever we used to tour and stuff, that's baloney on hand. 
like slap yeah. bologna on your hand, put some mustard on, eat it. Like we would say, we 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 were <laughs> you know we were white we were white boy sweatshop. Like we were a legit sweatshop because like we were not making a profit. <laughs> I mean, we we were doing we were doing five hundred thousand dollars in sales. Yeah, but still, but still, like just you know, nine percent of that was evaporating just in cash flow and just stuff and issues and and all that kind of stuff. And I I remember sitting there thinking, the only reason I'm on this vacation is because my parents paid for it. Some some weeks, the only reason I I had food to eat was because I still lived at home. Like, yeah. This is not working out. Like I could go work at McDonald's and make more than I'm making right now. You know? Did you and think so about quitting? Every day, kind of constantly. Like my parents own a construction company. I'm thinking, you know, I would talk about what's wrong with me if I work for mom and dad. I at least get a paycheck. You know? Um, but you know, if you if you work in Vegas summer a few years that will kind of cure you of construction. So that was my motivation. I don't want to work in 120 degree weather, you know, in, in Las Vegas doing construction. Um, and so it was just all bad. And I remember um, thinking, I can't do this. If I would have charged 50 cents more per shirt, I would have like $5,000. That was my motivation. If I would have charged, you know what I mean? Like the small amount. Yeah. And finally I was just so sick of myself and sick of, you know, all this stuff that I created a price structure. I sat down, I banged it all out. Um, you know, I created this price structure. I created a standard turnaround time. Before then I had no standard turnaround time. Yeah, you mm. need a Tuesday, great. So with creating a turnaround time, I was able to create a rush uh, system. Hey, I can do it in two days, but it's gonna cost you know a percentage more than two weeks uh, because I'm gonna stay late and I'm gonna have someone you know stay late and, and, and I've gotta pay them more for that. And so I remember doing that and I was scared to death because I was like, I have to tell all these people that my prices are going up like 75 cents. I'm scared to death. I start making a few phone calls. First guy I call, I call him. I said, Hey, my prices are going up. He gets so mad at me, starts yelling at me. Like, what do you think? You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you guys are out of your mind. I can go down the street for somewhere cheaper. And I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. If I don't do this, I'm going out of business. And so right. next guy, Oh, he was a little not happy about it, but he said, you know what? it'll be okay. Everybody else, no problem. I think they realized that they were, you know, that, that we're going to deal with Austin, you know, as yeah. long as he doesn't realize it, we can keep this up. The first guy calls me back and he apologizes. He goes, dude, I own a gym. I raise my, my, my membership every year. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't, I, I'm just having a bad day. And I went, holy crap. You know what I mean? Everybody else is raising <laughs> the prices. And then, you know, and then from there, we did the same amount of volume the next year and we did 22%. And for the first time in my life, wow. I had I had more than five thousand dollars in my you know my bank account, and then we just we kept doing it and kept doing it. You know, That's we just awesome. kept at it, and then we realized, hey, this takes a lot more time. Let's raise our price here because we have to. You know, it's taking every everybody has to stop and go and fold in poly bag shirts. It's taking forever, and so the only reason I'm this passionate about it is because I did it wrong for so long. And you know, when I ended up doing this, I was you know I was a year out from getting married, and I thought if I don't change this, like. I, I'm going to, my wife's just going to move in at my parents' house. You know what I mean? We're like, we're just yeah. going to, we're just going to live there. I'm like, that's not who I am. That's not how I'm going to, you know, I, I got to take care of my family. I can't pay my employees more. If we do things for cheap, they're worth it. They deserve it. I can't grow my company and make my company better, which will in turn make a better product. If we keep doing stuff for less, you know, if we're unprofitable. Right. Um, yeah. Changed all that and everything changed. Started, you know what I mean? It started just going and then, um, you know, and then it was the first time I like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have we have more than ten thousand dollars in the account. <laughs> Holy moly! You know, I mean, we're rich. You know, like it was yeah. just like, and, and and then we just kept doing it. And then it was the first time I was like, 
holy crap, we have, you know, we have two commas in our, you know what I mean? We have a thousand dollars in the account. What do you do? You know what I mean? It, and it just went with that. And yeah. luckily we had enough years saved up that when COVID hit, you know, um, we, we decided, Hey, we always have a better year than the last year. Let's go all in. Like, let's go nuts. Like people were closing and I was seeing equipment going for, for less than you could, you know, than you could even think about purchasing yeah. it. So when everyone else was, you know, a lot of people were getting scared and sitting back. I said, let's go all in. Let's max this thing out. I told my wife, if we go out of business, we're going to go on a big fireball, but we're not going to sit back in the corner and be scared. Like that's nice. not what we're doing. And so then we just went, went ham net last year and it was the hardest year we've ever had, but we had the biggest growth. And, um, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, that's such a great story. I mean, you know, having that turn from how old were you? Like when, man, I was probably you were making five like, grand. like, uh, like, like 22, 22. You know? so, I had, yeah. so I had, le- I had left college. And so I thought I was smart. You know, I did all this stuff and maybe I was even, I got married at 24. So I had to, I had to get it fixed before that. Yeah. And so I was about nice. a year and a half, you know, from getting that done. That's awesome. It's so crazy too, because, you know, I went through similar aspects where we started our company and it, we started it during a reset during the, during the crazy recession, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, cause we, we had lost all this money. And so my parents, and, you know, I pulled all our money out and it's like, Hey, we want to invest it. And I like pitched this funny idea of starting a t-shirt company for my bands and stuff. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then same thing. It's like, we're making all this money, but we have nothing in the bank account. Where is it? Where, is Where did money? it go? Just like and looking like, at your and stuff. Then, and then you start really digging into like the numbers, into the process. You know, you you say yes, but you're like, why am I saying yes when I'm literally after all of this losing 25 cents a shirt? You know, and Be, same being thing, busy. I mean, what, what I what I learned, oh, this is why so I don't touch contract printing. Being busy doesn't mean you're a good business. Just because you're busy, just because there's pallets stacked to the roof, just because you know. Everyone, yeah. for some reason, everyone has this obsession of like, I want an auto. I want another auto. I want a bigger auto. Like that doesn't matter. I would rather run a smaller profitable shop than, you know, day and night, 24 hour printing, killing ourselves. And then look at the end of the day and be like, where did it all go? You know, yeah. like what? It's it's not worth it. So yeah, we it's completely like, stay away from contract printing. Well, and it's, it's so funny because there's a really cool shop in Louisiana that you should look up. Um, it's called Tommy's Tees, and because mm-hmm. they do contract printing, and I was in the same boat because I had never, I had never really met a contract printer that was like really enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, neither have neither have they're I. All, yeah. They're like, uh, I mean, you know, contract printers are amazing, and I and I mean, it's just you go into these shops and it. I'm a gear ahead, and you see like 20 autos. It's amazing, crazy, cool stuff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so then I I met these guys, Tommy's Tees, um, when I was in Louisiana once. And they have it dialed. They are making some money. They're, they're doing so good. Look them up. Tommy's T's, um, nicest people ever, but they, they can show you. And the, and I'm pretty sure on, um, one of the recent rock podcasts, they had them on there, but such cool guys. And because contract printing has always been so, so hard. And mo- the most people that I talk to, they're like, yeah, we're usually averaging seven to 9% margin, you know, like net margin after everything. And, if we're lucky. And I'm like, okay, well, I, don't, I mean, we're averaging 33 at the time yeah, I when I was really mm-hmm. in the thick of it. And then we got, and then we got into um, being able to control production with retail. 
And we mm-hmm. got into doing some of that fulfillment aspect of it. You know, we had an apparel company that we would do all of our own in, in-house printing. And it was just, I mean, like when we launched that one and we did a hundred thousand our first year, we just freaked out. We were like, we did a hundred thousand dollars at Etsy. I didn't even do that in our first year. And Absolutely. that, and it, and that was like the, that was the fulfillment game, man. That was so cool. Um, but it's, it's just so neat because you go through these experiences uh, and I love teaching. I love having these conversations and learning, but passing it on because like, I know what I know. Cause I've messed it all up like 10 times and the, you know, uh, read books about it, way. had the shirts, printed the shirts, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and so if I can help someone not make some of those mistakes, it's a win. And uh, just, it, I mean, well, you, you, you know how much it hurt. Yeah. You know, you, you remember how much like, uh, like we, we just printed. So we're, our new thing is we're actually going to start kind of getting into retail. You know, we've been doing this yeah, for 13 cool. years. We're finally going to launch our own brand. It's completely separate from our shop, everything else. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about, it. we just printed a shirt that, that, that said blood, sweat and tears. And I just remembered, I said, like, I remember how much it hurt starting this company. I remember, you know, my wife, when we were dating, like we had one date where we, I just cried the whole time. You know what I mean? I'm stressed uh, out of my mind. I, I didn't sleep the night before and I'm crying about t-shirts. I'm crying. About, I'm crying about customers that don't care about me, that don't value what we're doing, all these different things. And I'm stressed out to my mind. So when I see these guys over there killing themselves, um, it doesn't make sense. Like that's why contract printing, I have not been able to grasp it because the customer gets a good price. The broker gets a good price. The printer gets screwed. Like I don't, yeah. you know, unless you, unless you really dial it in, which hopefully, you know, it sounds like those guys have everybody else. I see, you know, the customer is taking the $7 shirt and selling it for 25 the printer's taking a $2 shirt, killing himself, working himself to death and selling it for five. Why? If that. Why are, if that. Yeah. You know, wh- why are you doing that? So I, I agree, man. I just see, uh, and after I did the Printavo podcast, people were kind of hitting me up and I just, I'm like, dude, I feel you. Cause I don't call it the good old days. I call it the bad old days. Like when we talked to our team, we talked about a few years ago, like, oh, those are the bad old days. And it just meant it hurts so much. I just don't want to see someone go through it because they have a real family. They've got real friends. You know, they got mm-hmm. real bills. Um, you don't do your best work when you're stressed out about money. Completely you, agree. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You know, you've, you've got to be profitable so that you can be a better company. So what would you say if you could tell someone who, you know, is either starting into screen printing or just starting into apparel, right? Mm-hmm. If But they're doing the printing side of it, whether screen printing, digital or anything. What mm-hmm. would you tell someone who's getting into this? Maybe they're in that the bad old days part of it. Like what, yeah, yeah. Like, what would you tell them? <laughs> hey, you really should do this thing because it just oh, easy. changed everything. You have, you have to learn sales. You, you, you need, you need to read about it. You need to think about it. You need to watch it. You need to go and engage in it. You know what I mean? You need to be tracking yourself. Like when yeah. you're done with a sales call, a sales email, you need to track exactly what you did. Uh, yeah. And this is, I feel like this is kind of like our, you know, our secret sauce is we every morning we get together we're talking about how it went and um you know like we have a script like when someone calls in everybody in the team has the same script it doesn't matter if i'm answering the phone because we we have it kind of like there is a system you have to run your company mm-hmm. there is a way to get the customer find the right product you know get them to the quote and if you don't get that quote in their inbox and there's not an action button for them to pay or approve like don't get them, don't let them get lost in limbo. Like yeah. the point is get them to the sale. 
that's good. They want that happen. I mean, my best customers are the customers that are like, here's my order. I need it next week. Call me when it's done. Boom. I don't hear from them again. Those yeah. are my favorite customers because my job, get that order done, get it you know, delivered on time. And they're thrilled. We don't need to talk about every, you know, life. We don't need to talk about everything. We need to get this done and service the customer. And so uh, a lot of guys are hitting me up. Hey, I'm thinking about starting a print shop. I'm like, don't do it. Go become a broker. Yeah. Go become a broker. Learn how to sell. Forget them. If you want to hobby print your own shirts, do that. If you want to run a business, spend the next year, become a broker. Go learn about the products. Go find a good local shop. I mean, the more I'm connecting with the print community, there's amazing shops all over the place. Mm-hmm. Go find somebody. Let them handle that. They have blue ink in stock. They have, you know, I mean, they have all the colors which you don't have. Yeah, like you know, and let them do that. Go sell to the, you know, work work on your website. Put a good landing page together start cold calling schools and restaurants and whatever and tell them, Hey, I make t-shirts. I want to, you know, make stuff for you. Take that order that you charge for 10 bucks, go have that printer, do it for seven bucks, go make three bucks off the middle, even not even for the money, do it for the experience. Yeah. It's it's your education, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'd recommend. And then if you're thrilled about it, go, go pull a squeegee and, you know, work your butt off, but, but they're two different businesses. Like, uh, unless mm-hmm. you have a team, if you're the guy, cause I did that. I, I sold the product. I walked over, I wrote the product up. I ordered the product. It came in. I received the product. I printed it. I, I even cleaned the bathrooms. You know what I mean? I did all of yeah. it. And it's like, <laughs> it's impossible. Like small business is hard. Like mm-hmm. people are scared about hiring people, but I'm like, big business is easier. Having right. a team with them have amazing talents is so much better than doing it yourself. And so if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. do it big. So that, that's my only advice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, you know, you do all those different jobs and it allows you to where when you go to hire someone for those jobs, you, you feel confident in what you want most of the mm-hmm. time, but yeah, same thing. I mean, again, when I look at successful shops or successful companies in general that are in our industry, if they're doing printing in house, there's, yeah, Hey, this is, this is Joe. Joe's the sales guy. He's amazing at sales. Oh my gosh. If Joe goes to pull a squeegee, can't print to save his life because he shouldn't, you he know? Shouldn't. And then it's like, Hey, this is Dale. Dale's our head printer. He's amazing. We don't, we don't really bring people back here to talk to Dale because he's amazing at printing. <laughs> he doesn't know? answer the phones. He's he not customer service. And that's fine. Like, that's amazing. Everyone yeah. needs a Joe. Everyone needs a Dale. You need to figure out, are you Joe or are you Dale? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then don't forget there's Adriana who's amazing at artwork. Yep. <laughs> but again, like that part, you can farm out so much. Well, let me ask you about that because so many people are afraid to hire someone. And I remember the first person I hired, it freaked me out. I, I was scared. So I, I was afraid. I mean, I felt good that I could pay them, but I was, I just had never done it before. I'd never hired anyone. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah. when, now that you've gone through, through that process and you talked earlier about how you have an amazing team and you want to be able to pay them more. And even when you do raises, you feel like you, they should still get paid more, which is awesome. What, how do you know, like, what, what do you look for in a team member? And how do you know that you're com- comfortable and confident in that decision of, yeah, you're, you're my guy. Let's go. Yeah. Um, th- this is a hard one because rarely who you first hire will be with you. I mean, we're, we're going on 13 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got, um, I've got our COO, Miriam. She's actually from almost back in the beginning, you know what I mean? Just maybe just after when we, after two years of printing my parents' garage and we got our first spot, she came on board and, you know, sometimes you find someone and, and 
they're also interested in growing and they're going to stay with you forever. Um, right. A lot of times, um, this was an analogy we talked about in our sales meeting today. Look, you, you can't be upset. Everyone's not going to be with you forever. That That's okay. That's okay. Some people may work with you for three months, but at least you had another help set of helping hands for three months. Right. Start them on a, mm. start them in a job. They can't mess up. All you gotta do is fold the shirts. You're, you're not even close to ink. Don't even worry. You know, you won't even get ink on shirts. Just fold them and put them in the box. Just answer the phone and say, hello, take, you know, um, so, I mean, you, you really got to get to the point where you realize you, you don't want to do it all yourself. You know, that yeah. you can't do it yourself. Then you got to start building a team. Um, but really like this is, this is, I hope people don't take this wrong. People are, there's two types of people. Some people like it's, if you're building a house, I, I have a construction family. So we come from that. When you're building a house, some people will be like the foundation and the pillars and they will be with you and they will be rock solid. And they are the reason why the place is standing. Some people are like scaffold. They're there for, they're there to be with you for a few minutes. They're going to help you access things you've never done before. They're going to be there to help you finish certain jobs. But then once you go to a certain level, they've got to go on to the next thing. And that's completely okay. Scaffold yeah. is always on construction projects. You know what I mean? It's never on the finished project. Some people are there for temporary and they're going to help you build what you couldn't have done yourself, but they're not meant to be with you forever. And that's completely okay. You know? And so, um, Hey, you, 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 I mean, the hard thing is everybody cares about their business so much and it's connected to their heart and they're going to get upset about certain things, but you got to realize that people are people, you know, you don't even do everything right every, you know, all the time, oh, heck no. but, it, 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 but if you communicate really good and you find people that care, it doesn't matter if they have experience, it, they just can't be the kind of person that will put a crappy shirt in a box and look around and like, well, if no one noticed, it's good to go. That's right. the only thing you, you want to not look for. If they're willing, if they want to try, I mean, I have never met an unintelligent person, you know, like there's everybody I've met, I've ever met in my whole life is intelligent and everybody wants to do a good job. No one wakes up and rolls out of bed and says, Oh, I want to do a crappy job today. Sure. You know, like as long as you find people and you, as the boss, it's your job to let them know why they should care. It's your job to put out the vision of what the company does. What do you do? Like, how do you do it? How do you want it done? That's your job as the boss. People are not going to magically show up and do everything perfect. You need to, your job is to communicate how we do business. And then let them try. And when people mess up, don't get mad about it. Don't get upset about it. Look right. at it and realize we're just printing t-shirts. We're going to fix this. Because um, the hard thing is when you're beginning, you're going to find people that aren't busy. You're going to be like, hey, that guy, he, he's never busy. I wonder if he'll come work with me. The reason why he's never busy is maybe he's not that good. <laughs> That's <laughs> the hard thing about, you know, like <laughs> what you want to do is you want to go find a busy person. You want to go find someone who's busy. That's who you want to hire. Like, and that's the hard thing is when you start out, you're thinking that guy already has a job. Let me find someone who doesn't have a job. No, you don't want someone that doesn't have a job. There's a reason why they don't have a job. Go find someone crazy busy. Go find someone that has two jobs. Tell them this will be their third job. If they like this more than one of those jobs, they'll quit one of them and come on board. But don't find somebody that has nothing else to do. Like that's, there's a reason why they have nothing else to do. You know, uh, there's a reason why they can't hold down a job. And you know what, in the beginning we were able to attract, let's say level one type of people because I was a level one type of person in the beginning. What do you My mean level one? What is that? Like yeah, if we were to say there's, say there's five levels of being a professional. I was a level one. I was not very professional. I didn't know how the company was. The company was at level one. So we look around, we started attracting level one people, you know, um, company goes to level two, a few people, they level up, you know, they turn into level two people. I had to, the company will never grow a bit better than me. If I want the company to grow, I have to level up first. I need to be reading books and thinking, and I need to be getting better so that the company, cause I'm the lid on the company. That's, 
you know, you're never going to go out there and people are doing a better job than you do. They're watching you and they're seeing what you're doing. So, you know, I would level up to level three. The company would level up to level three. People in the company would level up to level three. Some people would not level up. Sure. It was, it was okay for a while. But then eventually when you start attracting more level three people, level one people can't hang. Like they, they just can't. And it's and anybody can be a level three, a level five, a level ten person, but they have to work on it. Right. And some people I are completely not, agree with that. You know? Thousand percent. So any everybody's intelligent. I've never met a non-intelligent person, but I have met people that don't care, and that's that's the problem. You know, if you have people in your company who don't care, and the, and then here's the other thing: they're never going to care more than you. If you walk around and you're yelling at people, and you come into work with a bad attitude, and you wonder why everybody's not nice at work, they're reflecting you. You know what I mean? Like you, you decide everything. It's your company. Like that's, that's the responsibility of, of being the boss is you get to set the mood. And so if you want everybody to be friendly, you need to be the most friendly outgoing person. You know, if you want everybody to care, you have to care the most. So what happens when you make like as the boss, so you're talking about leveling up, right? And so, so you and me are very similar. I, I read books all the time on, on leadership, on business and growth and, you know, constantly trying to work on things, always I can always do better. That's for sure. But it's, you know, one of the things that's come to me a couple of years ago was, you know, as you're leveling up, you also need to level up and own up to anything that you make a decision on. So, I mean, like, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen where when someone comes to me and they're struggling on certain aspects and we start finding some problems, you know, it's like, well, well, why is mar- why, why is the marketing like this? Like, why is it not attracting things? You know, well, well, my marketing person is really doing not a great job. Well, who hired the marketing person? Well, well, I did. All, Who's their manager? It's all well, your, it's all well, your fault. Am. Right. So, I mean, like, do you, yeah. do you think that that's true? Like, do you think that as, as a leader, you need to own every great decision and also every not so great decision? No, no, no. You, you don't need to own great decisions. You need to pass great decision. All, all of that needs to get passed to your team. Anytime something good happens, that you need to make sure, like, we have a way of making sure the guys in the back hear about a product that went out that was good. Like we get together, we, we, we do shout outs, but I mean, we get like, you know, we get, we do chance. Like we get nuts. We're like, bro, this, this customer just left us a five-star review, review on Google. You printed that shirt. It was crisp. You know, it was crisp. It looked amazing. And any good feedback has to like, that's, that's the level of maturity. Like that's the ultimate test. If you can, you know, like I, I heard a quote that says, if you can get so good at, you know, giving praise and affirmation to others, you won't need it for yourself. Like you'll, you know what I mean? Like you'll find it and give other people, but every time there's a mistake, it's all your fault. It's your company. If you're going to walk away with the profit at the end of the day, you also get away at walk away with all the problems and it's all your fault. If someone, you know, um, printed something bad, your system is not good. Like why your system should be good enough that you uh, that that job could have been printed correctly. You should have had quality control places, you know, in check so that someone checked it so that a person could not have printed that badly. Or, I mean, it's everything. We just had an order today. I was telling you, we're dealing with some embroidery issues and, you know, a, a logo is a little bit warped and, you know, we're going to have to probably order 50 new hats. That's my fault. That's not the embroidery manager, you know, manager's fault, but that's my fault. Um, that's not, you know, the person who ran the machine's fault. Like, that's my fault. Now we're going to sit down. We're going to walk through it. We're going to figure out how that happened. We're going to go over it with the team. We're going to get it fixed. And I'm not going to sit back and blame somebody. That, but that doesn't help anything. That's like awesome. We, yeah. we, that doesn't help anything. And so, I mean, you know, and, and because as you, as you build a team, you realize you're never on the press. You're never like, I, right. I think I've, I, I got to admit, I think I've only printed two DGG shirts. 
<laughs> I, 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 I think I've only ran two the whole time we had it. I've got Reggie who ran it, and then Philip took over. And, Phil. and these guys are so good. And guess what? We've messed up tons of shirts. And I say right. we messed up because I'm a part of that as much as they are. So when stuff right. gets messed up, we all sit around and we don't get upset about it. We don't worry. We just go, how can we get this better? How it's can always we get this learning, right? Better? Yeah, like fail forward, some people say. Yeah, because to, that's the one thing that just turns me off more than anything is people that that get all ticked and worked up and kick a box and walk out and yell. I'm like, dude, that is not how you make things better. You don't want your, your team over there like, oh, trying to avoid you, you know, like that does not work. In the end, we're just printing t-shirts. People are more important than that. And so you don't treat them like crap. Like, uh, dude, I'm, I'm that, well, that's why our, our company used to be called Alive Inside Productions before it was a live print shop. And the whole idea was it's not about the shirt. It's about the person inside it. It's about the relationship. It's about the person alive inside of the product. And so that was the whole point. And it's just like, I had a horrible experience this past year. I went in and bought equipment from a shop that closed and you know they were closed and they're huge shop huge like bigger than trade shows i've ever been to and i was like why is this place closing and then i watched how the owner talked to some people and i said oh he talks to his staff like that holy crap like that's that's horrible you know what i mean no wonder why they're closing like yeah you know they're they're burning their own ship and so it just it was a huge eye-opener of, of just we have to even do a better job no matter how good we're doing uh, one question i was i wanted to ask you how did you, what attracted you into digital printing from having a, you know, a screen printing background? So, so let me answer that here in just a second. I want, I want to sum yeah. something up. Cause like what you yeah. just said for the last couple of minutes was just, I, everyone needs to hear this. So to sum up what you just said, which from what I gathered and correct me if I'm wrong, but is basically if you're going to be the owner of this business, you should constantly be trying to level yourself up. And part of to. that is that you You are also in charge of helping level up your team, which means that you need to own all the mistakes of anything that happens. And when the praises come to you, they need to go to your team, period. That's what you, you don't dis, d- deflect, you know, angry right. customers. Those you pick up. Pick what up the deflect, angry customers, yeah. Yeah, you, you deflect all the, all the praise and all the, you know, all the good stuff. That has to go to the people. And then, mis- and then mistakes are learning. Has period. to come here. Yes, it's a learning. And so, I mean, you're familiar with um, John C. Maxwell. Yeah. You know, he writes the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Like, look, look, I'm not that smart. I did not come up with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Law number one, <laughs> law, law of the lid. You know what I mean? Law number one, he talks about you take a grasshopper, you put it in a cup. You know, grasshopper could easily jump out of the cup. You throw a lid on it. That thing keeps jumping into the lid, you know, a few dozen times eventually it, to avoid hitting the lid, it will never jump higher, you know? Mm. And, then, and then he says, you're the lid. Your organization will never be higher than you. No one, if you, if you're the lid on your company, no one's going to jump higher than you do. You know what I mean? No one's going to, if you're holding people back, they're not going to do a better job. If you're holding them back, you have to raise the lid. Right. And I mean, I still, I go back to probably every year. I, I, I read that book a few times and law number one hits me again. I, I read that chapter over and over. Cause I'm like, that's it. That's a law number one. There's a reason why out of the 21 refutable laws, there's a reason why that's number one. It's you. If your company's not great, it's because you. you need to level up. It's you and you got to own it. You got to own it or you're going to always complain that it's someone else's problem. It's the, it's the Democrats problem. It's the Republicans problem. You know, like some people that had Republican problems are now going to blame it over to Democrats because there's an exchange. It was never either of their problems. It was your problem. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's you, like you have to change. Yeah, so get yourself out of it change yourself. 
That's awesome. That, that's, I really agree. That's, that's it. That's a great book too. Oh my gosh. Very good. Such a good book. So, and it's, um, yeah, more people need to get into that. So to, to answer your question and, and I, I just wanted, and just, I wanted to go back to that because I really think that people can benefit so much with that because especially through COVID we've seen, it's like 2000, 2008, you know, when, when things were coming out is it's so much the same thing where it's like people are start as COVID was like continuing to go on, people started saying, okay, well, this is the new norm. I've got to figure things out. I'm, I'm going to figure this out for myself. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to finally do that project. And that's where digital just exploded too. Um, cause business completely changed and there's more business owners today than there were tomorrow. And it's bigger now than it ever has been with new business owners. It's so, it's so much more attainable today than it's ever been to start a business. Oh my gosh. So leaders and, and business owners need to hear this stuff like a thousand percent. So thank you so much for, for going over that to answer your question. I got started into digital because we we got really into when we started screen printing, um, we really got into doing simulator process because we were working with these bands and these other people who just, you know, they, they wanted this really cool image on their shirt and simulator process was a way to do it. Cause you know, we had a six color press and these were designs that really you would need like eight, 12 colors. So we got oh, into yeah. simulator <laughs> process and the, got really you good get extra creative. Yeah. You yeah. get really oh creative when you get stuck on a six color brass. Yeah. And so we got really good at it, but then, you know, these bands would come in and say, Hey, I only need X amount. Or these, these companies would say, yeah, I want this design. It's like six colors on the front and four colors on the back, like just crazy stuff. But I only mm -hmm. need like 24 of them today, you know, and I'll come back like next couple of weeks and buy more. And they always did, but it was always yeah. those small runs. So we got into digital because of the small run aspect of it. And then we started realizing that we could never say no again. Cause, mm -hmm. cause we actually had our, our minimum when we were first starting was 12. And then like the longer we learned, the higher that minimum got to be. Like, got to bump it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, you know, we were getting to the point where it was like 48, we would, we'll put it on a screen printing press. Other than that, mm -hmm. it would be digital. And the biggest thing that I got out of, out of that part of my career was the fact of, you know, it's, it's both, it's not either or thousand percent, you know? And, oh. and so you find a plateau of, um, when you decide between, do I put this job on the DTG or do I put it on screen printing? So it's like screen printing, the higher the quantity, the better fit for screen printing is right. Also kind exactly. of the lower the color count. Um, and then exactly. it's completely the opposite. The lower the, the quantity and the higher the, the, higher color, the color count, the, the better it is for digital. And so like we would find that plateau, which is different from shop to shop, but it's usually between like 24 and 36, where it's like, you know, yeah. 24, 36, three colors or less. It, you can toss it up in the air between, you mm -hmm. know, if you should go digital or you should go um, screen printing, but it made it great for us because we drew the line at like 24 and we just said anything below 24 DTG. And we're doing After, it on this yeah. select amount of garments. And, you know, mm -hmm. and it was great because similar to what you you've been doing, people would come in and they'd say, Hey, yeah, I want this design. I want these shirts, yada, yada, yada. And we'd say, okay, great. We're going to do it on DTG. Oh, I really don't like DTG. Well, why not? Well, I've had bad experience. Okay. Well, we're different, but this is what it yeah. looks like. And if you really want um, screen printing goes around, okay, no, I do want DTG, but I want it on this one shirt. Oh, that doesn't work on DTG. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, 
I want that shirt. Okay. Well then we need to bump it up so we can put it on screen printing. And we would upsell like 90% of the time because they mm -hmm. wanted that specific garment. But if they were in a pinch, they wanted it now, or they needed only that certain amount of it. It's like, Hey, these are the shirts that we use. This is how quickly we can turn around, which is 24, 48 hours if you want. And then boom, like we would just, we'd make a sale either way. And yeah, yeah. that's when it really started clicking for me. And then I got an opportunity to start teaching other people. And that's when it, for me, it was just like, like mind blowing. Cause it was so fun to see these other people and these businesses just grow. And, and, you know, you might have a small part in that, like, that's just the education side is so great. And that's why we, you know, if you look at like our Instagram and our social media, it's like 90% education, at least. It's, it's really good. It's, and, it's uh, really, yeah, that's Elizabeth. It's, it's that's my wife. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. My face is there, but she's doing it all and she's killing it. It's awesome. I'm super proud See, that, of that. That's what, that's one thing. Even when, when I first met you and I was listening to everything you're saying, I'm like, I could tell you had experience at everything because you were asking shop questions, yeah. you know, and not, and not equipment questions. And, and like that, like you have to dial in what works and you do kind of got to stick to your guns. Hey, if I'm going to yeah. produce a good product, it has to be on this garment or whatever, or, you know, where, where you're going to draw the line at minimums. Um, because then like, once you kind of get it dialed in, you know, that if I'm going to produce a great product, it has to be within these channels, right. you know, and then you can, can sick, you can be consistent on how well you do it. And so I, I just knew like when meeting you, you're asking me all these questions when we first, first stopped, talked, I think we talked for an hour and a half and you're, and finally I was like, yeah, can you tell me more about the machine? Cause you keep asking about our <laughs> shop, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're just like, you're like, well, there's a good fit and a bad fit. And you told me that. And I was like, this guy's not trying to just sell me, right. you know, like. He, well, it he, doesn't work for anyone if you do that. Yeah. Like think about it too. I mean, because, cause we turn, so myself and, and our sales team, we turn away people every day because they're coming in and they say, I want to replace all my screen printing with digital. Okay, great. You got a million bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah no? exactly. Why? Cause that's what it's going to take to be worth it right now. Now yeah, let's yeah. talk about business. <laughs> and then, and then it comes down to, you know, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, it's going to, you know, fit this box and you're not really doing that right now. And mm -hmm. it might not be the right fit. And we tell people all the time, you know, Hey, I would recommend go upgrade your dryer because like, this is actually a true story. I had a guy that, um, had called us up and he was like, man, you know, I have this, this rock machine and, and they, everyone tells me you can print like a couple hundred shirts an hour. I can barely get a hundred shirts an hour out of it. And I'm, so I'm just, I'm going to digital. And I was like, well, yeah, hold yeah. on a second. Like, what about this machine? Cause I ran rocks in my shops and yeah, you I, can go fast. Yeah. You can go. I love those suckers. Like they're great. Mm -hmm. And, and it turns out that he had the $60,000 machine and he <laughs> and had a, a baby dryer, a baby dryer. Yeah. Like a small eight foot dryer that you can plug into the wall at your house. Yeah. And I was like, uh, look, man. And, and he, and he was, he was saying, I, I'm here. I've got cash. I want the whole shebang digital. Let's go. And I, and I told him, Sam, yeah. I gotta be honest. Like, I really want you to take the cash and buy a better dryer and then call me in like two months and buy, and then we can talk about it. And he called me back like three times, you know, within a couple of days. And he's like, I really want to get digital. And I finally was like, look, if you want to give us your money, we'll totally take it. But I'm telling you right yeah. now, you need a better dryer, period. Well, like, even, call, if, I mean, even if you're going to run DTG, get a great dryer. Get a great so dryer. Yeah. Forced air, gas, like, oh my gosh, there's so many options now. But this guy ended up finally like going and getting a dryer. A couple months later, he calls back and he's like, all right, let's do this now. And I'm like, yes. And it was awesome. And again, if I, if we sell someone and I, and I, and this is the thing, like, you know, if we, if we 
if we convince someone to buy a machine, um, when it's not the right opportunity, it's not the right time. It's not the right business. What's going to happen. They're going to get that machine. They're going to hate it because it's not working for them. It's not the machine's fault. It's my fault because I knew that their business was not the right fit for it, but I still yeah, pushed. Yeah. Well, so they're going to hate that machine. They're going to blow us up on social media. Then we're going to have to bring it back and then, you know, sell it used or something like that. But then they just have this really bad taste in their mouth and, it, no one wins, you know, versus I, when we I put agree, the yeah. right machine in the right shop, whether it's digital or screen printing or anything, like no one loses. Cause guess what? If that person's making more money and it just so happens that maybe we gave them some advice that helped them make them more money, they're probably going to buy more supplies. They're going to buy more machines. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like if you educate and you just do the right thing, you can make a lot of money doing the right thing, man. And it's fun. Ooh. It's super you know, fun. I, it's some, people, you. It's cool. <laughs> some people, some people are kind of like me and they're not very smart because even with, I'm, I'm not very smart. That's what people got to understand. Like anybody can do this because if I can do it, anybody can. We, we worked with you guys. We got excited. We had the need, we got the right equipment. Even then we had to get over our learning curve of like, we didn't think humidity was that big of a deal in the beginning. Like I right. got to admit, we and we're like, oh, our printer could be, you know, it doesn't seem like it's doing this great job it's our fault. We weren't running the right kind of humidifier. Like we were running this cold one that just seemed like it made the room colder and it really didn't mess up the humidity. We, we didn't have a humidity like gauge. Right. What's, what's, what's wrong with, with, with us, you know? <laughs> so like we're a year into it. We just, you know, we just connected with you. We're having a bunch of problems. We moved to a big warehouse. Uh, you know, in the summer we're running swamp coolers. Great. Things were just running better. We hit the winter. We didn't really take care of it. Um, and this is me just being completely honest because hopefully someone can learn from this. Um, we end up having a lot of things kind of, you know, dry up or, you know, just weren't treating it well. So we called you and we're like, hey, we're having issues. We, we bought a whole bunch of new parts. You guys were phenomenal through the whole process, getting us, asking us questions, walking it through. Finally, I was like, you know, I can't, maybe it's the humidity. You know that thing everyone's always talking about, polyprint? thing we uh, ask maybe, you all the time about. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe it's that. So I said, okay, how do I, how do I change the humidity on a stinking warehouse? At third, like, yeah, because your warehouse, your warehouse, right, is third. you have dude, 30 foot high ceilings, I believe. Big and time, yeah. it's all concrete. And then you've got and this in your Las, Las Vegas. Yeah. In, the you were in the desert. So I thought <laughs> worst I'm place still, for I, the DTG. I still don't know if this if this idea is a good idea, but I was like, let's build a greenhouse. I'll go, let's build a greenhouse, put this, put this thing inside of it, run humidifiers. So for a week, we actually took the, the printer, we put it in the bathroom. We that bathroom became Phillips office. Uh, we ran humidifiers. <laughs> and, I mean, we got it swampy, you know? Yeah. Dude, I'll, you know, all of a sudden, like things are starting to work, you know? So we're like, okay, then we end up buying this greenhouse. We end up pretty much like, Hey, it's been a while. Let's buy all new parts. You know, we got everything all updated, the print head, uh, the cartridge lines, everything like that built this greenhouse. We've got literally foggers. Cause that was a problem. I don't know what humidifier we had before, but when we switched to one that literally creates fog coming out, dude, it changed everything. We got a big old gauge in there. You know, we're always between 40 to 65% humidity. We mm -hmm. set all the humidifiers. All of a sudden I see a, a shirt go down the dryer. I'm like, is that screen printing? They're like, no, no, that came off the DTG printer. I'm like, what? Are, really? Let me see yeah. this again, Bill. Let's do it. And we got it all dialed in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness, we, we could have been doing this the last year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we, we could have been doing 10 times better what we were doing. And it was that learning curve. So that's why, you know, when, when it, it comes back to taking responsibility, like, it was us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. us messing, messing it up. 
but despite all that you guys i mean that's why i originally reached out to you guys because you you know you were with uh ryanet we bought we bought, bought our first auto from there we bought our mm-hmm. first manual from there there were people that cared uh you know we met you like that's where i bought my like, equipment yeah because of know, education so, like that's it yeah they're focused on the that best. and so i mean it, it was just like man okay that, that was my thing is like oh everybody's complaining about dtg before we got into it and then i was like maybe maybe it's the people maybe you know maybe it's the <laughs> operator just maybe and then i said but if anybody's going to take care of us it'll be right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and then even the first time you know i'll just say it the first time we got our first poly print machine it looks like the one got damaged in shipping and right. you guys sent us another one like that's yeah. when i was like i was like dude they we haven't even sent the first one back they sent us another brand new one and we got it fixed and i was like okay these guys are serious like these guys are going to take care of us and then from that point i was like okay anything else is on us like we got to get better to you know to run the machine good because you guys helped through the whole entire process and so i'm like dude i, I love the machine eventually we're you know we're going to expand and have multiple machines machines so we can you know increase our capacity but really the first year was us just you know kind of figuring out that yeah you got to listen to humidity it's probably i would say it's probably 85 percent important compared to it, everything else it's funny because you know we talk to a lot of people and especially when we talk to screen printers, it's, it happens more with screen printers because they're running things like in a garage or they're in a yeah. warehouse or something. And we always talk about environment. It's like, look, do you have an office you can put it in? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like where my first shop was, and it was outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. And if you're familiar with Knoxville at all, you know, it's just freaking humid all the time there. So if we ever needed more humidity, like we open a window and it's, oh, okay, it just okay. comes, I mean, like it was just ridiculous. So we never had humidity problems. Um, mm-hmm. but like commonly, yeah, people will have that all the time. Or like I was talking to a guy the other day and I was like, well, where exactly is your printer? Oh, it's right next to my huge dryer. And, um, my, <laughs> we're baking it. You were, we're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty hot right there. And we keep on getting that. Cause the polyprint is a humidity sensor. It'll tell you when it's too low. Right. They're like, yeah, it yeah. keeps on going off. We can't get it to not go off. And then finally, you know, it's, we talked through it and they put, they put it in, you know, an office space or something like that. Cause these are any DTG needs environment parameters period and um but it's it's so important it really is and i would say you know when we talk to people that are are brand new um you know the the number the top three things that we talk about um that people are going through the learning curve really comes down to um pre-treat is the first one yep pre-treatment it's huge curing second Mm -hmm. one and then a, a tie for environment or rip, like just artwork in general, right? Yeah, but yeah. pre-treat curing environment slash rip, those are your top three, four things that people are constantly talking about or having questions about. And so we've actually tweaked our our process where, I mean, we tackle that before you can get the machine. You're getting info now that's, on that info that's also saying, on that ready. stuff. And we, and we do site prep and we make sure that people yeah. put it in the right spot. And, um, and then we also do other things with the machines to help them more, to be more, specific to the environments and such. So it's, it's super cool, but. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I would say to, to anybody listening, you know, go on Amazon, buy a few humidifier, you know, little sensors that look like digital clocks, put them all over the room. Yeah. 10 bucks, buy three of them, put them, put them in each corner <laughs> of the room, see what's going on. So you have the printer giving you feedback. You have these giving you feedback. And I mean, what my, my basic understanding of DTG is like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's a marker. If you leave the cap off, you know, it's going to dry out if you don't, you know what I mean? If you don't, yeah, right. uh, if you don't take care of it, if you just let it, you know, let the room be dry. If you're not, um, 
that's another thing that when Philip kind of took over after we changed our components, he's like, you know what, I'm going to be, you know, on top of running cleanings all the time. At the end of every day, we're, you know, we're cleaning the pre-treat and just making sure, you know, we're, we're keeping it really good. And now I'm like, it's running so good that I'm like, oh, we could have had this all along. You know what I mean? All we had to do was be, you know, diligent about how we clean it and run it. And I'm mean, like, the printer is phenomenal. Like we've been printing some stuff where um, we've been kind of posting on, on, on our Instagram, you know, doing all this stuff because now that I'm, I'm this confident about it, I'm like, dude, we could be selling more, you know, we could be nice. servicing more customers that don't fit really in our bulk stuff. And um, I, man, I love it. Nice, man. Well, I appreciate the feedback. I know we're getting like overtime actually, but this has been awesome. I, I want, I have one other question for you or like one yeah. other topic. Cause you talked about this earlier. And I see people constantly stepping over this thing. Um, but you mentioned like the big pivot for you uh, over, during COVID was marketing. And like, tell me about how important marketing is for you now. And so many people I talk to, they're so worried about marketing. And, and realistically too, they're worried of, well, how do I know that I'm putting these dollars in the right place and my content is the right style and stuff like what made you go that route with the marketing aspect? And you said it was, it, it was what? $6,000. Yep. And thir- yeah, in, in one month, in one $6,000 in one month. And it turned into 90,000, like 89,000 and some change. Cool. I okay. mean, it was, it was $90,000 in paid sales in paid sales upfront paid. We do full payment to begin orders. Nice. Oh, we can talk about that forever. Yeah, but, another- <laughs> <laughs> but so, so so tell me, so why did you do that? Like, what was the trigger for it? And if you were going to tell anyone who was thinking about getting in, doing some marketing for their apparel printing company, yeah. what would you give them as just, you know, Hey, these three tips. Cause we could, again, that could be its own conversation, but what got you into it? And what would you tell someone to well, do? To, to kind of give the big picture, um, 2018 we finally broke a million you know a million in sales in a in a, in a, a fiscal year for the first time ever nice and we you know we killed it. and then you know at that point we had realized that it's not about the equipment it's not about the product it's about focusing on your team if you build a better team all of that stuff will come and so we're just like man you know first of all no one barely like the smallest fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people earth on earth know who we are if people don't know you, like if you use the Grant Cardone, uh, you know, phrase, if they don't know you, they can't flow you. Like they, people, people are walking around with your money in their pocket and they don't know you exist. They have needs. They want t-shirts. They want to, they want t-shirts so bad. They want a product. They want a design and they don't know you exist. And mm-hmm. so it's like, how, how are you going to get out there? Um, okay. Social media. Well, you know what? Only if 10 people are seeing your post, bump that thing up. You know what I mean? Get that thing out there. And, and, and just put stuff out. It doesn't have to be perfect. Honestly, you could do it terrible as long as you are focused on getting better. If you're scared about doing it perfect, don't just do it terrible the first time. Just start. And then the next time, start just something. start, start and do it a little bit better the next time and a little bit better. And so with us, like, I, I hate every time we do a video of me on Instagram, I hate it. <laughs> like I, I hate how my voice sounds, it, but we get results. And a lot of times it's me being, you know, being like whatever on my phone, Hey, da, 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 it's something stupid. Um, but it's just us getting out there. And so after we did, you know, our first year of sales, I realized like we have to, we had changed some things that year. And so I realized, okay, this will only, you know, we're, we're level three now. We have to do new things. 
Mm -hmm. Like we can't, if we're going to go to the next level, we have to do new things. And so that's how I, like you said about 10 X, I, I, you know, I started, um, I read a book, I read a book called seller be sold by Grant Cardone. And yeah. believe me, I think he's a maniac. I, you know what I mean? Like when I saw, <laughs> when I first saw him, I got really turned off, but I read some he's of his pretty books. Crazy. And I was like, yeah. He's a, he's a pure maniac. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't look, I I'm a Christian. I already found Jesus. I'm not looking for another Jesus, you know, but I am looking for people that I can learn from. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I got into some of their content. I'm like, it's really good. And I went to um, one of their conferences. I expected it to be like this, you know, kind of a used car sales meeting. You know what I mean? That's what right. I kind of yeah, see. That's, 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 that's what a lot of people think. I mean, that's how it kind of comes yeah. off at times. Oh, yeah. completely. And, and you know what? He's being very bombastic on social media and he's just trying to grab attention, which everybody should be doing. We should be out in the, you know, in the street spinning signs saying we print t-shirts, you know? So he's doing it. But we, we go to this like three-day boot camp meeting over there the day day one was all about your team it blew mm. my mind i was like this is not what i expected he said if you don't pay people good you can't have good people like they spent the whole first day going through about like what is your compensation plan look for your team how are you taking care of your team that's your responsibility uh you know if you want to build a great company you gotta you know focus on people and love people and care about people and i was right. thinking is this the same dude i saw on instagram like this is kind of nuts <laughs> you know because this is not what i was expecting and so we just started focusing on that and it just seemed like everything went to the, you know, it went to the next level. And so, um, I don't know, that's, that's the thing where, where, you know, when we started focusing on people and caring about that, and then we just started trying new things, you know, and then well, one thing we did, we started doing sales training. Um, nice. and we do, we do, we do Grant, Grant Cardone's connect sales training and that started, you know, making the company evolve and get bigger. Um, there's look any, any content from anybody, you take some and you leave some. Right. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like um, my favorite person, if you're into, you know, personal develop personal development or leadership is a guy named Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn yeah. is my all time favorite. He has this great analogy about like, you know, the old school ra radio stations, how you dial in. He said, you know, you used to have to turn the dial and you find static and then you'd find the station. He said, you dial in, you find a voice of reason, you listen for a little bit and then you keep going and you find something else and you've got to dial out the, you know, uh, the static. A lot of people, most people are weird, like in the world, like most sure. people are weird. Yeah. So, but if, but if you can learn one thing from some, you know, from somebody, uh, you take that and you learn that one thing and you take right. a little piece of it. And then if you do that over and over, you, you start leveling your company up, you know, and because you leveled up. So, um, you know, that, if that kind of answers it in a little bit, I, I get so excited about it because there's so much that, you know, this has consumed my life and it's, it's kind of hard to be like, Oh, do this one thing. Cause I'm like, oh, I've done so many things wrong that I'm, you know, I'm just kind yeah. of trying things out, messing up, trying to get better, a little bit better, you know, time after time. So basically, you know, you, you made that decision because you saw what you were able to do when you hit that million dollar mark and mm -hmm. that, that changed your focus. And then also you got to the point when COVID hit where it was like, let's go big, go home, whatever. Yeah. And, and it worked, well, but you know, Right. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I mean, after 2018, when we went to 2020, we doubled in sales. Okay, cool. Insane. We doubled in sales. That's one thing I should have so said. You, so well, and, so and, and part so of it in 2020, was you doubled in sales. Yeah, we went from a, a barely over a million to over 2 million, like in one year. You know, wow. we, we hired five more people. We got all ready. And then we were starting to kind of mess around with marketing a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, like we were kind of messing. Like we only spent $6,000 in marketing in 2020. So for us to spend... I'm sorry, in, uh, in 2019. So okay, in cool. So, we're, so, so, so like to go back, so 2018, you made a million dollars. Yeah. 
2019, we did two million. Sorry, that's 20, what, yeah, that's 2018, you made a million dollars. Started getting into marketing. 2019, you made two million dollars, and in yeah. 2019, you had spent six thousand. Six thousand in sales. Everything else was like cold calling, and you know what I mean, not spending money on ads, just posting stuff. So when 20, you know, when 2020 like crushed, when we spent that six thousand dollars, that was more than we had spent the previous year. In so one month, scary. you spent more than you spent the previous year. Yeah. But then now it was so effect effective. I was like, can we spend a thousand dollars a week? Like, why not? Like yeah. if it works, you know, and it was just putting content out and getting feedback. And of course, look, there's going to be people that tell you like your face looks funny and you're ugly and you sound stupid and whatever. But there's also people that are going to call you and say, I want to give you money. Can you give me t-shirts? And I'm like, right. yes, I can do that. That's the only thing I can do. You know, like, so that's when we just started went kind of going crazy on marketing and we started building our brand and we started kind of knowing what we were and pivoting. And then once you find, you know, once you find a return on investment that works, go all in, like scale that thing up, yeah. you know, it should not and be a cap if it's working. Just keep going, No, keep going and right. start, start free. You can post, you know, videos for free. Also, you know, with marketing, you can cold call people for free. You can find a company right. that looks like the kind of company you want to work with. You call them, you know? And so, uh, but that was the thing. We, we started seeing growth. We started just putting it all out there. I think right now we're probably spending probably three, three to four thousand dollars a month on, on on social media ads. That's it. We don't do Google ads anymore. Uh, we don't do any. We did a billboard for a few months just because we moved to a new location. But sure. it's all mainly social media ads. I mean, you know, we just had a video hit like seventy five thousand views. Um, That's awesome. We spent eighteen hundred bucks on it. Um, 7,300 people clicked onto our website from that, you know, and then I think we turned that into awesome. um, like $14,000 in just DTG orders. And so See, that's great. That paid for, you know, keeps my, keeps the team busy. And so, um, so that, one video, say, like, that one video, how much do you spend again? I spent 1800 bucks on it. 1800 bucks on, on that. And it turned into 40 plus thousand dollars in DTG. Sales. No, no, no. Like, like 14, 14. Oh, 14. Okay. Sorry. 1800 yeah, yeah. bucks. No. 14,000. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. Cause even if you're, if you're running like a, you know, a 30 to 50% margin, that's well covering it. I yeah. Mean, and and, and the, another thing we did, which, you know, the things that kind of brought DTG to go back to our very first conversation, we met you, we found out about DTG. We had Reggie come on board who could do it. And then at the same time, we started messing with these design online templates. So mm -hmm. we started with one company. It was okay. Didn't we fit? We switched over to Deco Network. We run their design studio. Uh, we run Printavo for all large production, but just for DTG, we run it on Deco Network. It, it, it facilitates our whole website. We don't do any DTG in person over email. Everything has to hit our, our website and go on automatically. Nice. Because if not, I have to charge $20 a shirt because of you know labor and time. But if they can go design online and do it themselves, it cuts all the labor costs. It brings the shirt down to sometimes eight bucks, sometimes 12 bucks, you know? Yeah. And so we, we can offer a really competitive, you know, price. And, and every once in a while, like, here's my goal. I was talking to another printer about this. I want to wake up and know I got paid while I was sleeping. Yeah. DT, yeah. DT, DTG, a design studio helps you do all that. And so that's my goal in life. I just want to go to bed and wake up and have a little bit more money than I went to bed with. <laughs> like that's, that's the, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, better. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Dude. Thanks so much for, for, uh, this is why this is what happened when we went to dinner too. We talked for like I two know. hours. <laughs> so I just 
you know, you find someone else who's interested in the same thing and you're like, you care about t-shirts too? Like, let's be best friends. Like, <laughs> Let's go do karate in the garage. <laughs> let's go do, we have bunk beds now, you know? There's more room for activities. Man, that's awesome. I also want to do a plug for Polyprint energy drink. You know, it gives you energy when you're just, when you're tired. <laughs> if if you're great. listening, we ordered some parts from Polyprint and they threw in some free energy drinks. So bro, if you've got cases of those, you need to start selling those. People will buy those. You need to get those out there. We got a ton of cases of them for the trade shows in 2020. That didn't really happen. Uh, so we're giving them away. <laughs> bro, send us, send us a few cases and send us the bill. We'll stock our fridge so that everybody drinks a Polyprint energy drink here. Done. Everyone, you only sent us two cans and then everybody else was jealous. So everyone's like, what is that? Where'd you get that? So dude, thank you guys around, so much. I've also been toying around with doing coffee. Like, yes. Like a printer's I've brew. Got, I've got, oh, I don't know if you can see, but I've got coffee, bags of coffee up there Yeah, from, uh, that we do for Laughing Man Coffee. Yes, bro. You got to get some coffee. Heck yeah. Laughing Man, that's Wolverine's coffee. That is the Wolverine's coffee. That is my most, ex- I'm kind of excited about this project. Hey. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, that's all marketing. You know, you meet people that you would have never met before by just getting out there. That was from a cold call just to let you know. Okay. Okay. I'm going to totally, just so you know, I'm going to (laughs) edit this back in. So like, so we did our outro. That was awesome. How did, how did you get Wolverine's coffee? Bro, let me tell you about Wolverine's coffee. So (laughs) this is why similar to you, I have a wife that is much smarter than me. Yeah. Marry up or don't get married at all. Yes. I I definitely, I definitely married up. Um, we, we, at the end of, I mean, so our, I guess, man, there's so much stuff going on. Our motto for 2021 is build your brand, pursue your passion. Love we it. realized we're not for everybody. We want a niche kind of customer that cares about product, cares about their brand. That's who we want to work with. And so we just were just looking. And if we see a company that's cool, we call them. We literally find their phone number. We call them. So we call up, um, or we send a cold email. You know, I think that we sent a cold email to those guys. And the guy was like, Hey, I'm right in the middle of moving stuff around tell me more, you know? So we reach out to him. We jump on a zoom. The guy tells me all the time. He's telling me he's waiting six weeks for product to show up six weeks. Jeez, man. I said, I said, okay, that day I said, send me your logo. I'll print samples. No cost. I'm going to ship them over to you. I overnighted them to New York. Cause they're based out in New York. And the guy got me. was like, he told me, he goes, this is the craziest thing about how much work is out there. He goes, dude, can you believe like we haven't found a company that wants to work with us? I'm like, what do you mean? He's and like, this is, people- this is laughing man coffee. This is Laughing Man Coffee, like, like the the most amazing coffee. Like the, it's a charity. They're helping you know farmers over you know over in Africa. Like awesome. They've got an A list actor as one of the co founders, and they're telling me like we haven't found someone that that cares about our product. Like, How did you, you do me? the samples? You screen print those? Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Those we screen printed. Yeah, because they're talking the one, big it, numbers. Big numbers. Yes, yeah, so it was yeah. it was one color one color print too. And they awesome. were, you know, they were, they were interested in the neck label. They were interested. Actually, in that package, I had a DTG shirt. I had a screen printed shirt and an embroidery hat because I ran into the warehouse to every department. I was like, we've got to make this right now. We're about to send out some Wolverine, <laughs> some shirts, you know. And so, um, yeah, we packaged it up and we just we love it. And all of a sudden, you know, boom, you know, now we're three orders into it doing all their stuff. Um, and it's always like that, though. Like, don't be scared to approach the big co- company because you would be surprised how many big companies still have, you know, have needs, like have real needs that you could easily fulfill. And my favorite thing is when a customer tells me like, Oh, like, man, you make this seem so easy. This was a big problem for us. I'm like, I love big problems. Like send me big problems yeah. because you know, like that's it. That's how you get great customers is you find people with big problems. And so 
Uh, bro, that's I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I'm glad we always refer to Wolverine because I don't think we're allowed to say other names. Um, you know, there's yeah, like so many so. people involved. <laughs> so yes, it is. Um, it's the dopest thing ever. And so, um, dude, thank you so much. I could probably talk to you for three hours just because we, oh, man. we both we love 100%. business. We understand that it's a process, and um, you just got to get better every day. Yep, thousand percent. Well, I really appreciate this. this. Has been awesome. Such a great conversation. We talk about so much stuff. Holy cow! Like everything from t-shirts to marketing, to websites, to being a leader and, you know, sucking things up and learning constantly. I mean, this is super awesome, man. Tell, tell me real quick, you know, plug, do some plugs. Like where, where can people find you? Where's your website? You know, your company one more time, all those things. Absolutely. Our company's called a live print shop. Um, Hit us up on Instagram at a live print shop online, aliveprintshop.com. Um, and then, you know what, I'll do our first post here. We're actually launching our own retail line called five talent, which we have never told anybody about. I'm so excited about this. We've been, um, choosing our favorite print processes, our most high end quality t-shirts. We're launching this completely on its own, um, to start a a retail leg of our company. Uh, that's five talentclothing.com. So this is like a big secret. We weren't going to tell anybody until April. So only for you, Luke, the secrets, (laughs) the secret stuff, the secrets out, (laughs) secrets out. Man, well, thank you so much, Austin. Seriously, this has been just super fun. I can't wait to do it again. And just keep rocking. I mean, you guys are killing. I love working with y'all. And I I just wish you the best success. And I know you guys are going to do it and do it again. I'll make sure and get some more of that energy drink in the way, for sure. Send it, bro. (laughs) We'll drink it. We'll promote it. We'll keep posting it. Thank you so much, brother. Have a great day. Hey, man, you too. Talk to you soon.